This is the Sticks and Stacks podcast with Sean Drotar and Nate Lundy. Welcome to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network, your home for the best in baseball and hockey betting. Of course, as it's the middle of winter, uh, we're doing hockey. So welcome to 2022, a new year. Hopefully it goes a little bit better schedule-wise. Joining me is, of course, our hockey expert, Nate Lundy. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Uh, Nate, hope you had a very happy holiday and a uh, safe new year. Yeah, everything going okay. I'll be completely transparent. Unfortunately, for part of Christmas week, my wife and I had tested positive for COVID, so we were uh, isolated at home, uh, and uh, that put a little damper on some of the holiday plans. But thank goodness we had all those college bowl games, Sean, because that actually, uh, I think I probably bet more on college football over the course of those five, five and a half days um, concentrated than I did maybe any other betting window here on the calendar because I was just on the couch so bored. <laughs> this was a great bowl season, though. There, there were a lot of really good ones, a lot of uh, unexpected stuff, a lot of good. That was a, a ton of fun. I did the same thing, and I, I didn't. I didn't have the excuse. I was just lazy. So, oh, well, there, <laughs> you know, hey, it's OK. It's OK with me. And plus, you, you know, you were just talking about it. It is uh, the sports betting. A lot of the ways that daily fantasy and, and things have done for us. Sometimes it, it gave you, uh, at least for me, it gave me a reason and an interest to watch a bowl game. I might not other be, otherwise be interested in because I might not have had a dog in the fight or a fan of a team or whatever. Uh, and so it really did make it kind of fun. But you're right. We turned the calendar now to 2022. And thank goodness, because obviously we went into this long long lull in the NHL. It was a combination of them already having their holiday plans. And then, of course, all of the postponements when the NHL just finally said, "Okay, enough is enough. And they put the whole league on pause. Um, But, uh, you know, now that we're into 2022, we've got eight games on the schedule today. That is great uh, to see and to see more of these teams getting back to action. Hopefully they can keep it going. So we will start right off with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're thinking, well, that's got to be one-sided. Well, maybe not. If you haven't been paying attention, the Lightning are on a three-game losing streak. Now, despite that, they're 21-8-5, and five, and they have 0-10-5-2 oh, on the road. So they're pretty good. But Columbus, 15-14-1, is 10-4-1 at home. So this matchup may not be as obvious as it may look uh, at first glance, Nate. Yeah, exactly, Sean, which is why when we see some of these, especially as we've come out of this pause that the schedule was on, um, it allowed a lot of players, uh, a lot of teams, I should say, to get healthy. Um, the Colorado Avalanche being one of them who we'll talk about here in a minute. But um, but we have still seen some teams where they have come out of the pause, but they are still dealing with uh, either some injuries or some players that are out. And so in this particular case, you're right. You kind of have uh, these two contradictory uh, trends, one that, you know, maybe three or four weeks ago, we would have had a different thought about what to expect out of uh, uh, out of Tampa. Um, but you're right. Now we see this Tampa team that is on a bit of a skid, including the nine goals they gave up to Florida. Yikes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then at the same time, you're looking at a, uh, a Columbus team that has looked pretty good. So we're staying I'm staying away from the line in this one, but I am looking at the total because of the trends, both before the uh, the pause and since. So if you take Columbus, for example, they have been over on their total in their games for five straight contests. And then you go back and you look at Tampa. Tampa has been over in four out of the last five. And in fact, the only one that they were under on 
was uh, was two nights ago in the contest that they had against the Rangers where they got shut out four to nothing. And that was the reason why it was because they just could not get the puck uh, to the back of the net. So I am taking the over in this particular um, game tonight. It was originally at five and a half. It has crept up to six, which shows you that a lot of people are on the over like I am. I am still willing to take it. I don't think seven goals is out of the question between these two. Um, in the contest, I think Tampa's going to be a little bit annoyed that A, they have lost three in a row, but B, that they just got shut out by the Rangers. Um, and so I think they're going to come out with a little bit of fire. And as you said, Columbus, um, you know, has, has been scoring goals. Uh, they've been hitting the over um, and they're playing much differently than maybe if we were talking about this game a few weeks back. So I'm going to take the over. Obviously, uh, I recognize that that does leave the option for a push by doing six. So if you wanted to buy that half a goal and bring it back down to five and a half, I could certainly see you doing that. But but I do think we're going to see a lot of scoring between these two teams tonight. The over makes a lot of sense. And my, my initial thought, Nate, was with Tampa being a heavy favorite. I'm like, you know what? I, I think I might pick him at the puck line. But then I'm doing a little bit of research. Well, you talked about teams that are still struggling with the uh, the health and injury situation. As it stands right now for the Lightning, Andre Vasilevsky is out via the health protocols. Well, that'd be one thing. Backup Brian Elliott, also expected to be out with the COVID protocols. So when you're looking at the over, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? If, if that's the case and you're looking at, at making a bet and Tampa's still the heavy favorite, hey, I think I might just go Columbus on the money line here because I don't even know who the Lightning are going to put in the net. Columbus is pretty good at home. This is one of the reasons that the Lightning have been wobbly. Uh, I think all of a sudden, when you're learning about the goaltending situation or lack thereof, I feel pretty good about Columbus just winning this game outright. Yeah, you could or you could even, uh, you know, Sean, as you try to put together maybe a parlay or, or a same game type of parlay. The other thing you could consider is, you know, I mentioned you could bring it down to five and a half. Take the over there, for example. But then maybe you go with Columbus on the right. puck line. So that gives them the plus one and a half. Right. So all they've got to do is keep it close or win. Um, and so, you know, you could also do something like that and put together a little parlay for yourself and probably get that into the plus, you know, probably plus 130, uh, plus one, one, you know, 15 kind of range somewhere in there. So you're right. As we come out and, and, and you're exactly right with doing the research. And I've been I, I've been preaching this to folks uh, with this podcast, with the Fade the Noise podcast that I do with our friend Brad Evans, um, all of those things. I have been telling folks, please, please, please make sure that you are doing your research ahead of time, because sometimes when those lines first come out, like you just said at the beginning, Sean, you know, your your initial gut, if you're not you know, necessarily looking at the way the last couple of weeks have gone might be, oh, my goodness, you know, Tampa's going to take care of this. No problem. Defending cup champs, et cetera. Uh, well, as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend, uh, because there's there are things like the health and safety protocols, like what Tampa's dealing with between the pipes. Uh, you know, prior to this pause that they were on, Tampa had to bring a goalie down from the Syracuse crunch. Uh, in order to be able to fill the pipes. So it's a it's a tough challenge for some of these teams right now, and you got to make sure you're doing your research. Yeah, and of course, with, with the health protocols, you also want to make sure that if you're not getting them in early and you're thinking about getting them in late, check late, because a lot of these guys, you run into scratches, uh, you run into some of these, you know, they, they can test day of, and uh, sometimes the, you may have up the players that are not available that would have otherwise been available. So uh, don't give up on the research, especially right now. Even though it's a new year, the, the, uh, the specter of COVID still lingers over the league. One of the teams that was dealing with a lot of it, hadn't played in 16 games prior to their last performance, is the Colorado Avalanche. You mentioned them earlier, a team that had an, a lot of injuries and was dealing with a lot of the COVID cases. Well, now, given the fact that they've had that long break, some of the injuries have resulted. And of course, 
uh, some of the situations when it comes to the players. Health has resolved, too, and all of a sudden, the uh, Avalanche, who had a bad start in their last game, at first giving up a goal on, on Sunday in the first minute of the game. But uh, after that, well, um, the offense got going again. Yeah, absolutely. And and you brought up a good point that, yes, you know, like all the teams, they were dealing with players in the health and safety protocols, but they also were missing their captain, Gabe Landeskog, to an injury. Um, and so the the lack of play that the Avs had combined with the league wide pause um, actually gave Gabe time to get healthy. Um, so, you know, we're not just talking about players that are forced into quarantine and isolation and not being able to be out on the ice. But we, as you just said, we were talking about with the Avalanche in particular, some injuries that they now are able to move forward from and not the least of which is their captain, Gabe Landeskog. So they're in Chicago tonight for an 830 Eastern time puck drop. And this is one again that I'm going to focus in on the total uh, with uh, with the Abs and the Blackhawks. And I'm going to take the over. It also sits at six. Um, so again, if you want to try to parlay a couple things together, maybe you buy that down to the five and a half. But I do feel confident with the over uh, in the six in this one. A couple of trends you can look at. Colorado is has been over in four straight games where they were a road favorite. Well, you flip that around, you look at Chicago. They have gone over their total in six straight where they have been an underdog. Um, so Chicago, you know, capable of putting some goals uh, up on the scoreboard. The problem is they've also been allowing a lot of goals. And so we know that the Colorado Avalanche, the skills, uh, the skilled positions that they have, uh, both the scoring they get from their blue line and just the two, uh, you know, their top two lines, especially um, that this team is more than capable of putting goals uh, up on the board. Unfortunately, they're also allowing some through. Uh, and so that's this is one again where I feel so comfortable with. Um, the over, but if you wanted to try to get a little bit creative with this one, one of the things that you could do, and I, and I actually did it earlier today with our friends at DraftKings, um, I uh, took the avalanche um, and I took the total down to five and a half and I took the over. And then I took the abs just on the money line, not the puck line or anything like that, but just on the money line where they are heavy favorites. They're oh, about yeah. minus, minus 250-ish. Uh, but if you put those two things together, you get yourself into plus odds. And when I did it earlier this morning, it was at a plus 125. That may have come down a little bit here by the time you listen to the pod. But that is another spot where now that you've done your research, you start to look at who's available, the goaltending situations, et cetera, for all of these teams. Well, this is one where because of the heavy favorites, well, you don't want to pay that juice. No better wants to pay that kind of juice when you're talking about a minus 250, but you can get creative with your parlay and you can put yourself into positive territory. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at that that minus 250 too heavy, and I really liked the Avalanche to the point where I was thinking about, I'll, I'll just go puck line because I think the offense for the abs is, is so explosive now that they're healthier. But when you put it your way, well, now, see, now I have to change my mind to get a little bit more creative than just a regular old puck line. But that's a good example as, as to showing a lot of the ways you can get creative here, because there are so many different ways to slice and dice it. If you just want to go the easier, convenient route, you can do that and find yourself with good numbers. But if you feel reasonably confident about one of the other things that's happening, you can turn that into a plus money option. So that obviously is a good way to do it uh, as well, even better than mine. So I guess when we finish the pod, I'll go uh, <laughs> log on and do one of those myself. And, and, and one of the other things, uh, Sean, before we get on to our, our, our third and final game, the other thing I want folks to be thinking about, especially like in this particular matchup with Colorado and Chicago, these are two teams that play each other a lot. However, because of the pandemic last season, 
that was not the case uh, because of how the schedule came out, because they were so heavily within, um, you know, with the regions and with the divisions and things like that. So you look at the these two teams, they have played each other once in this season so far, Colorado won four to two. But then you have to go back to December of 2019 um, just because of how funky the schedule was over the course of the last couple of seasons. So I brought up, you know, these trends that you look at, but sometimes uh, with some of these matchups that we're going to get into here in the NHL, in some cases, the trends, Sean, don't actually involve last season uh, because you have teams that just simply didn't play each other in the, in the COVID shortened season that we had in 2020 and 2021. Um, so it is like, sometimes you can look at trends head to head, but you've got to be careful that you don't get sucked into some trends that maybe are a couple seasons old. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, when you're talking about the fact these teams haven't played with X, you know, it's one of the things that uh, not only in betting, but just in, in sports media as a whole, people worry about that stuff. You know, this team's been X and X over their this, their history of their franchise. Well, obviously, there's a million different players that have played during that span of time. Sometimes it's uh, it's just interesting, but for as far as analysis purposes, it's not actually all that helpful. So we'll go out to Anaheim for our final one today, Nate. The Flyers come into Anaheim, so they go out west, take on a Ducks team that is uh, maybe one of the surprises around the league. They're not an elite team just yet, but they've been very, very good. I think it's significantly overperforming. The Flyers sitting there at uh, 500, and when I talk about 500, they're 13, 13, and 6, and on the road, they're 7, 7, and 4. Well, exactly. It, it, you talk about a team being 500. That's about as uh, that's about as locked into 500 uh, as you can possibly uh, get. And I think that that is, um, you know, when I look at this Flyers team, it's so funny, Sean. Some of the games, and again, especially right before the pause, there were times that I lost bets because I was like, oh, yeah, there, there's no way the Flyers can keep up with this particular team's speed or perhaps their defense. And all of a sudden, Philadelphia would put together a win. And then I might lean on them a little bit and go, okay, well, I think this is actually one, you know, maybe the Flyers are at home. I think they're going to be able to do this. They've got this goaltender matchup, et cetera. And you know, they, they fall flat on their face. So uh, Philly has definitely been a difficult team uh, to try to figure out. Anaheim on the other side, though, um, has been a team that I think has surprised uh, some people early on in the season. I don't know um, that, that there were folks that necessarily expected Anaheim to uh, to play as well as uh, they have early on. And it has been very strongly leaning towards home ice for them. As a matter of fact, they've got 10 of their 17 wins um, sit there uh, at home. So this is one where I'm going to go with Anaheim on the money line, uh, juiced up a little bit, but not a ton. Um, and, and maybe that has to do a little bit with the unpredictability that I was talking about that we've been dealing with with the Flyers. But this is this is a particular contest that I look at late night tonight um, that I just think I'm going to go with the trend of what Anaheim has been able to do at home. Um, you know, the Flyers are at on the last game of a four game road trip um, that they have been out west and they just got, you know, kicked right in the jewels by the Kings uh, six to three. Um, so I think the Flyers are going to be anxious to get this road trip over with. And I think Anaheim should be able to take care of business at home. So that's why, again, I'm going to take Anaheim on the money line, even though uh, it is juiced up a bit. This is one that you could bet by itself. Or if you decided you wanted to lean, um, you know, and, and put this into a parlay, you could. But it is only juiced to minus 135. So it's not too strong. 
No, it isn't. And uh, I think that makes sense. But I, I have to put a player prop in somewhere because I just Ooh, love, I like it. Okay. I love player props and I'm just going to do it anyway. So Troy Terry, of course, is the lead is the leading scorer for Anaheim, kind of having a breakout year at the age of 24. He has uh, 31 points in the season and 18 of those are goals. So we're talking about a guy that does put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, he had been a little bit quiet in his past couple of games. Of course, you know, you take that that holiday week, and I'm not really sure how much you can really glean from it. But before that, he had really had a lot of good uh, point-scoring touch, and especially at home. So uh, with them getting back in action, with them getting uh, that that stinging loss, of course, just a couple days ago to Colorado, even though Terry did get on the board with an assist, one of their two points, uh, I would like Terry to go ahead and get a goal. He looked good. He looked fresh. He looked ready to go. Got four shots off, too. Guys that get four to six shots off a night that already have a good goal total, those are guys I like when I, I'm going to pick a player prop as someone who's just maybe even get a little bit lucky and have it get in. Well, exactly. And, and Sean, I like the direction you're going with the with the player props, because I think that, you know, and, and I know this kind of correlates together, but sometimes people don't think this way, especially if you're not necessarily somebody that bets hockey all the time. The shots on goal are such a great indicator of where you can lean when it comes to player props, whether that is uh, for a goal scorer, whether it is simply that all you're looking for is someone to get um, a point. So an assist or a or a goal. Um the shots on goal are such a great indicator because as, as you know, it's kind of like the kind of like the MLB, right? I mean, the law of averages catches up to somebody. Right. If you've got a, if you've got a hitter who, uh, you know, is a three ten hitter who goes Oh, for four, well, chances are, he's not going to go Oh, for four, two nights in a row. So you might lean on that particular player, um, with, uh, you know, with, with an opportunity to, to, you know, get them for, you know, two plus hits or something like that on the following night. Well, you can do the same thing in hockey if you pay attention to those shots on goal. Um, and I'll throw one more um, thing that I like to pay attention to um, when it comes to um, hockey player props. And we've talked about this uh, on the podcast before, and that is power play points. So again, an assist or a goal on a power play. There are um, some stats that you can start to correlate together to give yourself an opportunity because a power play point um, is uh, like, Sean, I don't know that I've ever seen uh, for a player to have a power play point not be at plus odds Um, because, you know, for them to get a point might be at, say, minus 150, minus 175, especially when you see a player like a Nathan McKinnon, for example, or a Kale McCarr uh, for the Avalanche. A lot of times those are really juiced up uh, into the high 100s. Well, a power play point is a great way for you to take a player and bring what would normally be really ugly juice down. So I want to give you an example of one of the things that I look at. The most penalized team in the National Hockey League are the Arizona Coyotes. Um, and for quite a while this season, it hasn't even been close. Um, Arizona just finds themselves in the box a lot. Well, Arizona is at home tonight, but they are taking on Winnipeg. So you could start to correlate some things together. I'll throw Kyle Connor out as an example where at FanDuel, for him to have a power play point is a plus 180. Well, the reason I bring that up is because he leads the team. He's actually tied with Nate Schmidt, but he leads Winnipeg in power play points with nine. He has two goals and seven assists. Well, now you've got a guy that has a lot of success on the power play going up against a team that can't keep themselves out of the box. Right. So 
these are things that I that I'd like you guys to be thinking about, whether we talk about it here on the pod or just in general. Um, the other night I had a winning ticket, for example, Colorado was playing Anaheim. Anaheim is fourth in the league in committing penalties. So I had Kale McCarr to have a power play point at plus 135. Well, that hit because he had an assist on a power play goal for the abs in the third period. Um, and so this is one where it look, it's plus odds for a reason. You're not going to hit them all the time, but if you can start to correlate the player props together, just like you were doing Sean with your shots on goal, you can find yourself a payday. Yeah. I, like you pointed out, a lot of it's just probability. If a person gets consistent yep. opportunities, eventually one of those is going to work out. Of course, it's, you know, not a, a science that on that particular day, it, it won't, you know, you could flip a coin 20 times in a row and it could still come up 20 times tails. It can happen, but if, eventually, you know, you like the odds on something like that panning out. So that's what we'll take a look at today. We'll be back at it uh, later in the week with a few more, but a couple games to get you going to kick off your 2022, hopefully uh, with a couple wins. If you have an opportunity, make sure you follow Nate, by the way, mentioned the uh, fade the noise pause, but fade the noise podcast. Goodness gracious. Uh, with Brad Evans, part of our Sawdust Podcast Network, too. Make sure you check that out. So give Nate a follow at Nate Lundy, and uh, then make sure you check out everything he's doing as well in the betting scene, because that's the guy to follow. It has been uh, it's fun getting to do this. I'm looking forward. It almost feels like a new season, Nate, with that break. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting this going again. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. It is nice to get back after it because it does feel like we were on this sort of uh, uh, funky break because we were, but it wasn't even like it was a light schedule. We just had no hockey. Uh, So it is really nice to uh, it is really nice to have that back. And, you know, I enjoy it because I just like you, Sean, I know you're kind of the same way. I like to mix up my betting. So, yes, I do bet a lot on hockey, but I also do NBA. I do college basketball. I do the NFL. I do a little bit of everything. So it's nice to have hockey back because one of my strategies, frankly, is is if I go on a little bit of a cold streak in one particular sport, well, I try to lean over to another. So it's nice to have hockey around to do that. It most certainly is. And this is what we do right here on Sticks and Stacks. We will catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, please feel free to follow. And thanks for listening to Sticks and Stacks on the Sawdust Podcast Network.